Hello there, and welcome to the 17th episode of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be providing an update regarding the situation involving the fifth and final spot within the Blue Jays starting rotation. I'm going to talk about some guys who are leading that competition right now. I'm going to talk about a guy who probably is going to have to be put into the bullpen, but there's still time for that to situate itself. And I'm also going to give a deeper and a future outlook on what the Blue Jays rotation will look like this year and what the depth options will be this year. So let's get into it. All right, so aside from all the crazy coronavirus devastation that's going on in Florida right now, we actually have some baseball to talk about. We're a few weeks into spring training here, and we got an interesting situation going on within the last spot within the Blue Jays starting pitching rotation. And we couldn't say that a year ago. This time last year, we really didn't know what the Blue Jays starting pitching rotation was going to look like. We knew Marcus Stroman was going to be headlining the front of the rotation. And we knew Aaron Sanchez was going to be there. We didn't know how healthy he was going to be. And it turned out he wasn't that healthy. We didn't exactly know what we were going to get out of Matt Shoemaker. We definitely didn't know that he was going to blow everybody out of the water through his first month of the season until he blew out his ACL. We had no idea Trent Thornton was going to come out and surprise everybody with his curveball. Had no idea that was going to happen. And now coming into this camp, he's fighting for a job. And we had no idea what the depth was going to be below the major league level. And now we can answer a lot of those questions. And that's because of what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins and the Blue Jays front office did this winter. And while you can criticize them for you know, the the blackout restrictions with MLB TV, the ticket prices, the lack of upgrades made to Rogers Center, whatever it is that makes you not like them, you have to give them some credit for what they did this winter, for revamping the Blue Jays rotation. And it all started with signing Hinjin Ryu. But it didn't end there. They brought back Matt Shoemaker. They brought in Chase Anderson. They brought in Tanner Roark. And now, a lot of our prospects are that much closer to making, to making an impact at the major league level. And yes, that includes Nate Pearson, even though it's probably not going to be at the start of the year. But let's go with Trent Thornton to start things off here. Because so far this spring, I think it's safe to say he's leading the competition for that final spot in the Blue Jays rotation. Through three appearances, he's generated a 235 ERA, a 179 opponent's average, a 130 whip, 
and just a 208 BAP, he's allowed five hits, two runs, through seven and two seven and two thirds innings. Now, while that's just a small sample size, for right now it looks pretty encouraging. The only thing that you can say that Trent Thornton has struggled with is the walks. Right now, he's allowed five walks compared to four strikeouts. Now, maybe some of you don't remember, but Trent Thornton struggled a lot with his location last year, and it led to a lot of a, a lot of walks. Last year, in the major league level with the Blue Jays, he generated a 9% walk rate, which was the highest rate he's ever recorded through his entire professional career, minors or majors. So, this season, we wanna see that go down. And so far, it has a little, but, the fact that he's generated more walks and strikeouts is not a good thing. It's nice to not give up hits, and he's not giving up a lot of hard contact because three of those five hits were for extra bases, just three doubles, no home runs, which is good. But again, he's got to locate. And specifically, he has to locate with his fastball because if he does that, it sets up all his other pitches. But for the most part, He's looked really good this spring. And yeah, based on those numbers, he's the front runner to win that fifth spot in the Blue Jays rotation coming out of camp. And based on what we saw last year, I think Trent Thornton can really improve from his numbers a season ago in 2020. Which would be great for the Blue Jays because last year, Trent Thornton generated a 1.9 Fangraphs war rating. If he can do that or better at the back of their rotation, the Blue Jays are gonna have a good pitching staff if they stay healthy. But for right now, Trent Thornton's leading the way. Now for the pitcher who's just slightly behind Thornton in that race, I would say is Anthony Kay. And Kay's not one of the names most people probably would have thought would be in the running for that final spot out of spring training. Most people probably would look at Anthony Kay and what he did in the major leagues last year and thought, eh, He's got three minor league options still. Send him away to Buffalo. He only spent 14 innings in the major leagues last year with the Blue Jays in September and generated a 579 ERA. So, yeah, he could probably more need more seasoning in a minor in the minor leagues. But he's had a decent spring. Through his three appearances, he has allowed six runs on six hits. He's produced five walks to five strikeouts. He's generated a 333 opponent's average, a 254 whip, 
a 429 BAP and a 124060 ERA. Now I know that doesn't sound great, but it's only through four and a third innings. And one of the biggest things for K here is the fact that five of those six hits were singles. So he's not giving up a lot of co hard contact. The problem is, is he's given up too many walks. He's getting a good amount of strikeouts, but those walks have really plagued him this spring, and that has, has been the result of his skyrocketed ERA and whip, opponent's average, you name it. If he brings that down, he could potentially take the lead over Trent Thornton for that final spot in the rotation. But walks are something Kay struggled with last year a little bit, and really walks have been something he struggled with throughout his professional career. Last season, when he was a September call up with the Blue Jays, he only recorded a 7.9% walk rate, which isn't concerning, but that's about three walks per game, which is not ideal, but it's also not worrisome. But this spring, since his walks are even with the amount of strikeouts he's generated, it's more concerning. And again, while it's only over three appearances and four and a third innings, it's still something to keep at the back of your mind. Because despite the low contact he's giving up, the soft contact he's given up, Blue, the Blue Jays can't afford to have him walk major league hitters around the bases and give, give up singles because that will result in like an ERA that we've seen in spring so far this year. So what we need to see from Kay throughout the remaining two weeks of spring training is for him to continue to give up soft contact continue to generate a good amount of strikeouts but we need to see more control over these final few appearances that he'll have this spring because like I said Trent Thornton is leading this race and unless Kay wants to start the year in Buffalo which he probably doesn't he needs to do better and I'm sure that's what Charlie Montoyo and Pete Walker have said to him They've probably said something like, you're having a nice spring. We've liked what you've done with generating ground balls, soft contact, because that's what Anthony Kay is. He's a very good ground ball pitcher. He's very similar to Marcus Stroman in that aspect. But again, they need to see him control his pitches better. And they need to see that walk rate lower until they promote him up to the major league level on a full-time basis. So let's keep it moving here and let's talk about one of the Japanese pitchers the Blue Jays brought over this offseason and his name is Shun Yamaguchi and so far for Yamaguchi this hasn't been an ideal spring for him and it's definitely not been what both him and the Blue Jays had in mind when they brought him over 
Now, let me read you some numbers here for him this spring. So through his three appearances, Yamaguchi has allowed eight runs on 10 hits, including four home runs. He's allowed four walks and has created just four strikeouts. He's generated a 370 opponent's average, a 233 whip, a 316 BAP, and a 12 ERA over six innings pitched this spring. Not ideal numbers from the 32 year old thrower, hurler. And because there's so many pitchers fighting for that last spot in the rotation, there's not a lot of room for error. And he's had a lot of mistakes. Four home runs through six innings. To make matters worse, six of the 10 hits he's allowed this spring have gone for extra bases. He's allowed two doubles along with those four home runs. Over half of the hits he surrendered have gone for extra bases. That means he's giving up a lot of hard contact. So compared to Thornton and Kay, Yamaguchi's in a whole nother conversation because right now he's looking like a guy who needs to be put in the bullpen rather than someone who is going to be allowed to continue to compete for that final spot in the rotation. However, he probably will still earn starts this spring. And that's probably because the Blue Jays said to him when they were discussing about him coming over to Toronto, they said to him that they would stretch him out through spring training, hoping that he could grab a role in their rotation. But if these numbers don't improve, there's no way Yamaguchi is ever stepping foot into that starting rotation, at least if the starters stay healthy. If they don't, then maybe Yamaguchi can earn some starts. But from what we've seen so far this spring, it's looking more and more like he's gonna be a pitcher who's put in the bullpen and is gonna be utilized as a multi-innings reliever along with Sam Gaviglio. The only problem is because the Blue Jays will have two pitchers who can do that, potentially three, because you also have Thomas Pannone, can't forget that, even though Thomas Pannone can be sent to the minors, finding innings for both the Yamaguchi and Gavilio could get a little complicated because if the Blue Jays rotation stays healthy, there might not be a ton of innings available that you could give to Yamaguchi and Gavilio. But the other thing is the Blue Jays bullpen's a mess. So if you wanted to give Yamaguchi and Gavilio opportunities because you're not convinced that the other guys in your bullpen can be relied on, then maybe that's where they can get a lot of their opportunities. But who knows? It's still too early to tell who are gonna who's gonna be a part of the Blue Jays bullpen other than 
say Ken Giles and probably Jordan Romano. <clears throat> so from this point, it's not looking good for Yamaguchi. Now, let's move on to the conversation about how the fifth spot in the Blue Jays rotation, it doesn't really matter who gets that role coming out of camp. Like, it's interesting to talk about for the media and writers, well, for reporters and writers and throughout sports media, but in the grand, schemes of, the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. If you missed it, Arden Zwelling said it perfectly the other day. He said, in today's game, you're going to need more than five pitchers in your starting rotation. You know, because pitchers, especially the ones that are included in the Blue Jays uh, rotation, are so injury prone, it's very likely that the Blue Jays will need, say, seven or eight starters throughout the year. Last year, they used the most starting pitchers throughout all of baseball. Now, that probably isn't going to continue this year. At least, hopefully. I don't want to see that again. Most of us don't. But it's very unlikely that the Blue Jays would get through 162 games on just five starting pitchers. That would be very, very rare, especially because Ryu has not thrown a complete year until last season. So, based on that alone, there's no way the Blue Jays get through this year on just five pitchers. So, that means even if Trent Thornton gets that fifth spot, or if Anthony Kay gets it, or Yamaguchi somehow gets it, we will see other guys in the rotation this year. Guys like Ryan Brucky, who will come back this season. Right now, he's still trying to get through that elbow soreness that he's facing. And he's only thrown on flat ground right now. But Charlie Montoyo did say that he's going to get back on the mound very shortly. Right now, I think the next step for him is to throw from 120 feet on flat ground. And after that, he'll probably start throwing on the mound. But we'll see how that progresses. Obviously, Ryan Brucky's not going to be in the running for that fifth and final spot in the rotation. But if he's healthy, say in mid-April if somebody like Trent Thornton or Chase Anderson or Tanner Roark if any of those guys are underperforming or struggling then you know Ryan Barucki could be placed into that spot but the most likely scenario is that he'll be sent down or he'll be placed on the IL which is probably the more likely scenario of the two he only has one minor league option left so if the Blue Jays were to utilize that now he would have to be on their 26-man roster next year so really the smart play for them probably is to place him on the IL once opening day comes and then they can send him down on a, a uh, injury or a rehab program and he can come back that way make a few starts in double-a AA or triple-a or at Dunedin so um, but yeah he's a name that he that will absolutely be in the rotation at some point this year obviously Nate Pearson will be in that 
situation as well. But again, he's going to start the year at AAA. And really, what annoyed me on Saturday was the fact that John Heyman of MLB Network quoted Hazel May's tweet. And Hazel May was just basically promoting Ben Nicholson Smith's piece on Nate Pearson. She wasn't speculating anything. She wasn't saying, you know, could he be forcing Blue Jays' hand about starting the year in the major league level? No, but what John Heyman did is exactly that. John Heyman, who likely has no knowledge of Nate Pearson's situation, in-house at least, of what the Blue Jays are going to do, likely going to do, and he goes out and tweets, could the Blue, could Nate Pearson force the Blue Jays' hand this spring? No. No, he's not going to force their hand. Want to know why, John Heyman? Because gaining that extra year of pre-arbitration is a lot more valuable than having Nate Pearson up in at the end of March. There's, and the fact that Nate Pearson has barely played at AAA just further proves the point that he needs to start the year at AAA. Look at his start on Saturday. Or his appearance on Saturday. He came out of the bullpen. He struggled with his location of all three of his pitches in his first inning at work. He could not locate his fastball. He couldn't locate his changeup. And he couldn't locate a slider. Now, he was better in his second inning of work. But that's just a great example of how Nate Pearson needs more seasoning. And there's no rush to bring him up to the major league level either. It makes no sense. Why bring him up at the end of March when you can bring him up at the end of May or the start of June and gain that extra year? I know it sucks. I know that system sucks. I would love to see Nate Pearson break camp with the Blue Jays. But because the system is the way it is, because he's had limited experience at AAA, he's going to start in Buffalo. And that's not the worst thing in the world. Because Nate Pearson is going to start in AAA, you get to find out what you have in Trent Thornton, what you have potentially in Anthony Kay, or what Shunya Maguchi could look like in the starting rotation. If you were to say Nate Pearson's going to get that fifth spot, none of this happens. You don't get to see Trent Thornton start the year at the major league level. You don't get to see potentially Anthony Kay there, and you don't potentially get to see Shunya Maguchi as a starter. So, I don't want to see any more of that crap from respected MLB reporters. I don't want to see it. That's nonsense. Stop sparking the fire on social media because because Toronto Toronto fan base the Toronto fan base is the way it is. Fans will feed off that kind of garbage. 
And I guarantee that's what some of them are doing right now. The smarter fans know that's just a load of crap from John Heyman. And he puts out a fair bit of that. So, I don't want to see it. I know I went off, went off on a little tangent. I got a little upset. I'm sorry. For those of you who didn't want to hear that, I'm sorry. But it needed to be said because that was so unnecessary from him today. Anyway, along with Nate Pearson and Ryan Barucki, guys like Jacob Wagaspak, TJ Zoik, potentially Sean Reed Foley, Thomas Hatch even, or even Patrick Murphy, all those guys are players that the Blue Jays could look to and probably will look to for starts this year. Because again, like I said, it's likely going to take more than five pitchers to get through the year. So, yeah, the fifth and final spot in the Blue Jays rotation is one of the more interesting roster battles that's taking place right now in, in spring training for the Blue Jays. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who gets that spot. What does matter is who's in that spot in July and August and September. Because that's when the Blue Jays will hopefully be attempting to make the playoffs. Hopefully, the Blue Jays can win one of the two wildcard spots this year. And maybe we get to see postseason baseball this year. And maybe that'll include Nate Pearson. But we'll see. So that does it for this week's episode. I hope all of you enjoyed this little look into the current situation involving the Blue Jays' fifth and final rotation spot. And hopefully, you didn't fall into that fool's gold that John Heyman put out earlier on Saturday. But until next time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. Thanks for listening.